Because of foreign wars we wage More to do with the colors blue and red Many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've gotta be free Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful uh, host, Tim Tapp, committing live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And it is my distinct honor and pleasure once again to be joined by one of the greatest patriots this nation uh, currently has, serving it as a truth detector, a truth teller, and, uh, you know, generally anything else having to do with patriotism and truth. Uh, That, of course, is the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook and the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again, my friend, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, how the heck are you today? Well, the heck, I'm really good. Uh, (laughs) Really great. Uh, Had a wonderful day, enjoyed the spring-like weather. Ah, uh, yeah. I just want to thank you for having me back on the show again. And as usual, I, I always look forward to this this time that we get to uh, freely speak the truth. And uh, it's an honor as always. And thanks so much for having me again. And thank you for your audience for uh, tuning in and putting up with me. And uh, thank you very much. 
while we're while we're on that topic, uh, since I've got you back on and we missed out uh, getting together last Wednesday, I also want to thank you, sir, for extending the kind and gracious invitation to have joined you uh, just a short while ago on your show. Uh, it's always a blast to uh, spend time over there as well, and I want to remind everybody uh, that if they're not already, they definitely need to be listening to the Ron Edwards American Experience. Of course, I'll give you a chance a little bit later to tell everybody where they can and find it, but uh, I appreciate uh, that invitation and enjoyed my visit there as well. It's always fun when we get together, regardless where we're getting together at. <laughs> well, you'll be back. All right. Well, uh, speaking of being back, uh, I want to jump right in with something that a lot of people are kind of poo-pooing on as being an important topic, uh, but I think maybe possibly at this moment in time the most important topic overall. Uh, we're now living in a, the age of book burnings. Book burnings is back. Only now we're seeing this in the form of digital book burnings. You know, uh, the entire digital existence has somehow made everything less real to people. So a lot of folks are kind of, uh, I, I don't know, it's not registering. People aren't getting that full impact. And as much as we've seen direct political rationale for some of these digital bannings of books, like when Harry became Sally, for example, um, now something has been driven home that I think more and more people should really be getting, and that's the current effort to cancel Dr. Seuss. Uh, obviously, we just recently uh, had National Day of Reading, and we've had, uh, of course, Dr. Seuss's birthday, and a lot of folks are, are kind of trying to play off like Seuss, and the imagery is all racist and bad. And uh, they've now at uh, the company that runs the publications and keeps the estate in line, they're withdrawing six titles because of problematic imagery, and um, the left has already set its sight on a few more. Uh, <laughs> Cat in the Hat is next, boys and girls, in case you have any doubt. Just wait for it. Uh, Ron, how is it that more people aren't instantly realizing how dangerous this is and why the social engineering that's going on is such a threat? Because while it's now Dr. Seuss being removed, we still see titles like I Am Jazz uh, being pushed on the same young readers, and even the Arizona State Education Department is trying to encourage people to talk to their three-year-olds about racism. Uh, social engineering run amok and digital book burning. Your thoughts, sir? Racist, racist, racist. Everything. They're everywhere. That's all it's, it's about. Let's go racist hunting. How about you? Um, it's as stupid as that. You know, and at the same time, they're trying to push a new book. Uh, my wife and I saw a horrible video. Um, this lady has a three-year-old boy on her lap, and she, they're going page by page by page in a book called Gay BCs. Yep, you heard it. Gay BCs to a little boy. And each page, you know, it's a different letter, which means something that, uh, um, you know, references the unnatural sexual lifestyle. And this is a three-year-old, a three-year-old, a toddler. And so this is where we've gone. They are also pushing, you know, the, the liberal left. And I'm sorry, they're the leftist 
are themselves pushing pedophilia, things of that nature, uh, everything that um, is biblically evil, that has been pointed out as evil since, I don't know, soon after an Adam and Eve turncoat uh, or backsides, they were naked. Uh, you know, it, it's just, just the way it is. We've allowed it. Our side has allowed it, and they're doing it in our face. And um, the fact is that we allow them. That's that that bothers me more than what they're doing because the left has always wanted to conquer um, decency. They wanted to conquer fun and and turn even fun into turmoil. They wanted to conquer the church, which they have in many in most instances. They've watered down the the, the teaching of the Bible. I mean everywhere, and it's because we've allowed it. That angers me more than what they're doing because they've always wanted to corrupt our society to, to the hilt. I mean, and they've always done a good job at it. They turned Hillary Clinton from a Goldwater girl into one of the most hideous human beings in American history, in the history of American politics. And so it is because we allow it. And, and until we start standing up, as David did against evil, as people used to do in this country, it, you're going to continue to see it. And the reason why they're taking down, you know, Dr. Seuss and soon other books they're going after and they've been going after, it's all aimed at going after the Bible. I, I that That's what I believe. Every move, they probably are privately saying, boy, I can't, I can't believe we're getting away with this. The same thing they said in the 1960s. In 1966, I believe, when Ohio passed the first um, seatbelt law, they couldn't believe it, that we would allow them to get away with doing these things and chipping away, not only at our liberties, but at our society, at our decency, at innocence. I mean, the Cat in the Hat books, the Dr. Seuss books, those are, are, are fun stories. They were part of my childhood, and they should be a, a part of everyone's childhood. So what if there's a few of them that had, you know, certain images or whatever? That was a part of society when he produced those books. But they're not – I was never – I read them all. We went through them all. But I was never freaked out, even Michelle Obama or Michael, whichever one you, whichever way you want to go with that. <laughs> even she read – the Dr. Seuss books to children. Yeah. So can you imagine that? We've gone way left of uh, – I'm sorry. They've gone way left of Michelle Obama or Michael. It's, it's pretty scary when you think about it like that. But uh, <coughs> Excuse me. But you're absolutely right. Got you choked up, huh? <laughs> you did because I, I remember Michelle Obama dancing with the – uh, these Dr. Seuss characters and reading to kids, and some of the kids uh, dressed up like the cat in the hat, the little hats. And the, I remember those images. That was a, a big day for them, and they were being, yay, our young leaders are learning to read. Uh, okay, and, and you know what? That's one of the few things they got right. I'm a firm believer in giving credit where credit's due, and I desperately wish there was more credit to give those folks, but, but that's one of the few we can give them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it's absolutely mind-boggling. I, I don't even know that any of the arguments against them are legitimate arguments anyway. Fair enough. If you look at who Dr. Seuss was, he was a, a, 
a guy who leaned to the left pretty heavy. You know, he was very much against racism, uh, and he was utilizing images that were common uh, at the time, perhaps. And yes, they were caricatures because guess what? They were cartoon-esque drawings, but it's for that very reason and rationale that he rarely drew people anyway. They, they typically weren't part of his storytelling apparatus. I have yet to meet the first person, sir. And you know, if you've met one, let me know because I think I'm going to start a survey. I have yet to meet the first person who became a radical white supremacist because they read Dr. Seuss as a kid. Well, you know something. Um, uh, I guess the next excuse they could come up with is um, it promotes an animal cruelty because you know the story about Christmas and uh, the big sled and the little dog and. Um, you know the, how the Grinch stole Christmas, and they, so they could. Um, I guess they could take that angle too. So, well, I'm pretty sure Peter's already been <laughs> upset about that. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's so it, it's something that it'd be real easy to sit back and laugh at. And I want to crack wise and give these little jokes and jabs here and there, because on the surface, if you don't really look at what they're up to, it is laughable. It doesn't seem that important. But then when you do look at what's actually going on, this is more of the social engineering where they've gotten the minds of the college students. Then they went after the minds of the high school students. Then they went for the junior high students, and now they keep going for younger and younger kids and trying to confuse them and trying to make them hate their parents and trying to make them hate any authority figure other than themselves. Uh, which would also include a uh, Lord and Savior. So you're right, uh, Christianity uh, in particular, but basically any uh, Abrahamic God-fearing religion is a threat to these people because any person of faith is never going to step back and just accept that the government should take care of them. It's just not going to happen. It's antithetical to our being. But those of us who are born and bred American in our DNA, in our hearts, and the blood that pumps is the blood of liberty, we can't stand to see this type of activity because this is still suppression. Yes. This is still book burning. It's just in this case, it's a lot of digital variety. Seuss is just the latest victim. This has been going on. We've seen the tech giants, Amazon in particular, looking to remove any titles that they simply disagree with. And some of the other tech giants, like Disney, for example, over on Disney Plus with the Muppets and whatever, they're still kind of test the waters to see how far they can push the just flat canceling. They haven't straight up. They put little warnings so far. But that's just to see what people are going to do and how they're going to react. And if somebody doesn't push back hard there, eventually you're not going to be able to watch Dumbo. Oh, yeah, man. They'll probably yep. even take Pocahontas away. Why? For the same excuse they're using with Seuss. Uh, uh, Pocahontas uh, kind of looked like the drawing there was a caricature of a Native American. Well, what else are you supposed to do with a cartoon? We certainly can't make them all look white. That's wrong too, Ron. Well, the, the Indians don't like her because she was actually, if you want to get technical, a traitor to her people. So uh, they may come up one day and say, me, we want to get rid of Pocahontas. So uh, don't be sure shocked if that happens. Uh, already, almost as crazy, uh, a chief, uh, a Cherokee chief has recently said that he wants Jeep to stop using the uh, Cherokee name. And so, uh, but 
to get back to what you were talking about, the more important angle, this whittling away of Christianity and Christian thought, Christian principles. Well, Christianity has been turned into wimpyanity, and the world knows it. You could have a population in the Middle East of 20 million Christians and 100,000 Muslims, and those 100,000 Muslims will go over to the Christian communities and whip their behinds, whip their behinds, go back over there to where they are, come back another night, whip their behinds, and the only thing the Christians will do is pray, get scared, and not fight back, and some will escape. Many have done that and have come to this country. And uh, you'll watch their Christian populations just dwindle, dwindle, dwindle. It happened in Iraq. Uh, it happened in Iran, which had a large Christian population before the 1970s overthrow due, due to the uh, Shah of Iran. And it just, the, the throw, I'm sorry, the overthrow of the Shah of Iran by the Ayatollahs. And so um, as long as Christianity remains wimpyanity, you're going to continue to see this because it is the Christians who were the moral backbone of this nation. I mean, from its beginning, it was the Christian ministers who really put the energy, put, lit, lit the, the candlesticks under the backsides of the founding fathers to get active and fight for the wonderful words that they wrote down. They were inspired. They were very, uh, were very insp inspirational to the founding fathers. So, you have ministers today who are concubines of all that is evil, and they they just continue to um, side with evil more and more and more and more and more. And so, if they are doing that. Of course your teachers are going to be that way. Of course the parents who have gone through the system are now, the parents of today are now fighting to turn their little boys into girls and vice versa. You're going to continue to see this until we stand up and fight and until we figure out a way to get around being consumers of their products. And services, because remember they're pinching, they're trying to pinch us the other way. If you don't take the vaccine, you cannot buy, sell, go get a drink, go to a movie, travel, go to Cedar Point Amusement Park or Dollywood or whatever. It, it's getting that crazy, and I say Dollywood because she is a uh, big-time Democrat who. I think I, I wouldn't believe that it's a real shot that she took the other day on television. I, 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 I doubt if it was a real shot, just like Mike Pence and some of the others that uh, got on television. Hey, we took our shot. You do yours. Um, I doubt if it was real, but it's for the, the incurably ignorant masses, just like with Hank Aaron. He took a shot. Bammo. On, on, you know what happened to him but uh, he was trying to get all the black people in Atlanta and Georgia to take that shot and so they're, they're, they're coming at us in so many directions they don't want us to take care of our own health they don't want us to raise our own children they don't want us to read our Bibles they don't want us to own our own businesses they don't want us they want us to uh, eat what they want us to eat that is why they're trying to shut down the uh, food industry utilizing 
the effort to shut down and harm restaurants in many states. Um, and, and so it, it just continues to get worse and worse and worse in that, in that area. And until we stand up and fight, because we can pray all we want to, and that's fine. You pray for wisdom and things of that nature, but God wants us to stand up and do something. And this, in fact, is the first time in history where the Christians did not have a strong enough foothold to be willing to fight against evil that are causing the death of a full generation of, of young people. And I'm talking about a spiritual and mental death. Yeah. So we're in a unique time. Um, I know they say that there's nothing new under the sun, but this looks pretty new to me. I mean, this, you know, things have happened over and over again, but never before have we been in such a position where the majority of the leaders of Christianity is in agreement with the globalist pigs who are gobbling up everything and uh, trying to run us over the cliff like the pigs who accepted the, uh, who were, you know, filled with the spirits and went over the cliff. So it's, uh, it comes down to what we're willing to do, what we're willing to do and how, because we're, we're without a fight, without pushing back, we'll be having this conversation on and on and on until we don't have the right to even have this conversation. Remember, didn't they just recently say that if, 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 um, Oh gosh, it was something that the the uh, legislators are coming up with, where they don't want us to speak. Um, it has to do with a struggle going on with uh, being straight. And if you say no, I'm a boy, or my son is a boy, that you can get in trouble for saying that, because you are being offensive to those who are promoting. Uh, sex mix-ups so it is getting that insane only because we've allowed it they've been uh, it's not like they've, they're just now thinking this way they, they've been plotting this stuff for a long long time the left has always thought this way they had the same kind of perversions amongst the children of israel with the children the molac and everything like that so it's 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 the same thing, and now, on a massive in-your-face uh, scale, now they're just doing it in, in your face because it's like, hey, I can do what I want to do, and this, this is what uh, you're seeing with the Black Lives Matter folks. They are nothing more but an outgrowth of street cretins from decades ago who wanted to try to get away with being bullies in the streets. Now it's like, well, if you come after the bullies, you're going to be in trouble. Well, that's because we allow that. They have to think we're crazier than they, than, than, than they are. Like Ronald Reagan showed Gaddafi. And, 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 and I know a lot of, especially Christians, will not agree with me. But do you have a better solution, even historically speaking? Uh, no, I mean ultimately uh, if you can't uh, garner enough respect that people will stay in line, uh, then usually having them afraid of you works just as well. Uh, so uh, it's, it's not a flawed uh, principle. 
Uh, and, and yeah, I think Christianity does kind of get this uh, strange position where there is such high expectations put on the peaceful side of things. But as I recall, Ron, um, during the age of the Crusades, Christianity pretty much kicked butt because they weren't afraid <laughs> to do so. Uh, and they had the ability, they had the willingness, they had the passion, and they felt the need to protect their homeland from all these various invaders. Uh, there was something that my grandfather used to say a lot. He was a, a, a Baptist preacher down in these parts for a long, long time, and uh, I overheard this uh, discussion one time, and he said that I heard this as a joke, but sadly this has become uh, the truth. And this was some time ago. Uh, and he uh, said uh, that he was talking to a, a friend of his, a fellow pastor, and uh, he had made the statement that, yeah, yeah, I'm preaching a revival up in such and such church this uh, week, so I'm not at the home at my home church. I was wondering if you could maybe cover for me uh, for a Wednesday night service. And uh, my grandfather was like, oh, uh, no, no, I, I, I'll be happy to do that, but uh, I'm just kind of odd that uh, they would invite you up there, seeing as how uh, they've never invited me uh, and uh, anybody else that I know to come preach for a revival. In fact, I don't think I've even heard them uh, have a revival before. And uh, his friend said to him at that point, it's like, well, you know, it's not that surprising once I got there because it's pretty clear uh, Jesus hasn't been invited in up there for a very long time either. Uh, so – that's that's the sad place of where our our church is. Uh, there's there's not this backbone. There's there's not a uh, determination that they want to preach the gospel anymore. Uh, a lot of uh, small churches have practically died out, and it's mostly because they've had a hard time attracting youth. And a lot of that they claim it's because they won't modernize. But at the end of the day. Uh, with what I've seen, churches that make an actual effort to bring in youth, these young people are still looking to fill that missing gap that is uh, filled by faith. And it is something that it's not that hard to get uh, across to young kids if you're not trying to confuse them and convince them that all things spiritual is evil. Uh, which, uh, it, it, when it comes to Christianity and in a lot of cases Judaism as well, that's exactly what they're preaching, not with their words but with their deeds and with their imagery and their social engineering efforts. So you are absolutely right. I want to give a quick shout-out to Annie Ubelis, who's joined us in the chat room, by the way. Hey, Annie, glad to have you here. Um, when we uh, get back, because it is time for us to take that mid-hour break, we will uh, continue on and – uh, another topic I want to kind of deep dive a little bit is where the current and ongoing situation with Andrew Cuomo is because I haven't really gotten into it on air about Andrew. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the cover-up to start with, and then we will delve into his desperation to hold on to his position. So everybody hang on. We'll be back right after this. Uh, Going to take a very uh, short uh, break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution states Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, Congress may be instructed to not prevent free speech 
But unfortunately, government educators who have indoctrinated generations of Americans have created a society where individuals from all walks of life outside of Congress are seeking to destroy our right of free speech and freedom of the press. For example, Alex Stamos, former security officer for Facebook, is calling for major carriers like Verizon, AT&T, and others to strip One America News and Newsmax from their platforms because they do not march to the same political drumbeat as Fox and CNN. Stamos, a political leftist, in support of open borders and eliminating free speech unless you support a philosophy that reflects Marx or Chairman Mao. As dastardly as the war against true freedom of the press may be, there is plenty of blame for such madness to go around, including the cesspool called the government school system that indoctrinated individuals like Alex Stamos. Mm -mm -mm. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the ronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello, this is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Did you know that the unemployment rate for homeless veterans was twice the national average? And without proper shoes, it's hard to get a job? Here's your Veterans Tip of the Day. People from all over the country helped us with our annual Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Shoes and Socks for Homeless Veterans. There was a time this summer where we believed that probably it wouldn't be successful because of the pandemic, but decided to go ahead and do it anyway. We reached out in the local community and on the various radio shows that I'm on, asked for their support. In a little over three weeks, we received 400 pairs of shoes and over 1,000 pairs of socks for homeless veterans so they can go out and look for a job and have a decent pair of shoes to wear. We at Songs and Stories for Soldiers and all the 400-plus soldiers who will receive these shoes and socks say thank you for your generosity. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. It's not so unbelievable that governments would want to disarm their citizens, but that citizens would beg to be disarmed by their government is a much scarier thought. We've seen government control most recently in Venezuela where citizens are left to defend themselves against a violent government by throwing rocks because not too long ago they were disarmed by that very government under the guise of gun safety. Gun control laws like the ones in Venezuela are exactly what our political left in America would like to see here. As a mother, I am terrified. I have four children in our public school system, and if they knew that their teachers were potentially carrying a gun... They want to be disarmed by our government so badly that they protest in the streets, demanding that government take away their rights. All for that assault weapons ban, to keep these weapons of war out of the hands of civilians who do not need them. All for the prohibition of high-capacity magazines, because no hunter will ever need access to a magazine that can kill 17 in mere minutes. How does this happen? Well, it's complicated, but it starts with very powerful propaganda targeted at people who can't think. People who have been taught to believe that freedom is dangerous. People who can't think for themselves are targeted from many directions, schools, movies, news sources, and even their own friends and family. And once they're on board with the anti-gun fear campaign, they continue to perpetuate the irrational gun fear. Well, they have to justify their position, right? Also, yeah. don't need home protection. Um, oh. You don't. You don't need guns for home protection. You don't want to bring more guns into a situation. The answer to solving violence is not more violence. Gun fear is cultivated purely for the purpose of gun control support. But the people who spread it don't always know that they've been misled. They think they're doing a good thing. 
These same people are taught to hate gun owners. They're taught that gun owners are recklessly and intentionally putting everyone in danger. They're taught that gun owners are the enemy and more government control will protect them from the enemy. Why does anybody need an assault rifle if they're not going to war? I don't think there's any reason to have 33 bullets in a killing machine that you can take into a place like a school. Watch these anti-gun activist groups in action and you can't help but ask yourself if they have any clue what the real results would be if they were successful. So what's the real problem here? Is it really guns or is this about something else? I mean, do guns cause violence? How do we let the gun grabbers hijack the conversation and direct the focus to firearms when we all know we really should be talking about what causes human violence? You see, if we were to look at what causes human violence in this country, we'd be forced to look at gang violence, open borders, sanctuary cities, rampant pharmaceutical drug use, and gun-free zones, all things that the anti-gun political left supports. So to the anti-gunners, why in the world would you want your government to take away your rights? The Second Amendment is not a privilege. It's your right. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so very much for staying with us through that uh, bit of a break as we heard from uh, Mr. Ron Edwards, Mr. Dan Perkins, and Mr. Dan Wass, uh, all uh, very, very what's what's the best word here uh, uh very well versed in leading voices of our time for conservative values uh all right ron uh, again thank you so much for joining me as is the norm on our uh, wednesday night visits I uh, certainly appreciate you being here. Uh real quick before we jump back into things please let everybody know where they can find your work. Thank you. Uh, you can go to therunedwards.com to, to find out uh, a lot of details. But uh, you can check out the Ron Edwards American Experience every Sunday through Friday. That's on mojo50.com. That's mojo50.com. Also on the weekends on the Nevada Talk Radio Network as well as uh, other radio stations independent around the country. Also, you can hear the Edwards Notebook commentary not only on this great show but on hundreds of stations via the overnight sensational show called the Captain's America Third Watch, uh, which I also visit there twice weekly, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, actually Saturdays as well, Saturday mornings. Um, so you can check me out there. You can also read my columns at um, America Out Loud and News with Views, and uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, more information on growth in the not-too-distant future. All right, exciting, and I'm looking forward to hearing, sir. Uh, all right, so uh, clearly Ron is uh, resting and taking it easy, uh, not doing as much as we would like for him to uh, with just that little <laughs> bit of stuff. Uh, you definitely need to check out theronedwards.com. There is a link in the show description if you were here at BTR, by the way, so uh, just click that link. It'll take you straight there. Uh, well worth your time. Uh, Ron, I had kind of teased uh, one of the topics I wanted to get into now. When word first broke that there was acknowledgement from within the Andrew Cuomo uh, administration, within his inner circle, that they had indeed 
which most of us knew already, but they had indeed been lying about the numbers of deaths in the nursing homes, had been miscounting by at least half, probably more. Uh, I got little, uh, a little hot on the air. That was the first and really the last time I talked about it here was shortly thereafter. And I kept making the point that the acknowledgement that we got in this case was an acknowledgement that, oh, we're so sorry for lying to you, our fellow Democrats of New York, but we had to because orange man bad. <laughs> they basically acknowledged that they were being intentionally dishonest because of the potential of a Department of Justice investigation. The point I made then is that automatically made that justice – that automatically meant that everyone involved, willingly involved in that cover-up was guilty of federal crime regardless of why they were involved because I, I do understand it was really stupid to force nursing homes to take COVID patients back when you weren't prepared to do it. That was a dumb thing, but I'm still willing to give a little bit of leeway for everyone that was trying to figure out exactly how do you do this, how do you handle uh, – that was just dumb. Andrew Cuomo was not the greatest governor in America. Andrew Cuomo was possibly the worst governor in America and still is. Since then, however, nobody wants to talk about that part of the story, but everybody's still coming after Cuomo anyway. All the long knives are out. The Democrats are coming for him, supposedly under the guise of this sexual misconduct. Now, if he did it, he needs to answer for it, so on and so forth. And Andrew Cuomo, like every other American, uh, is entitled to due process. However, when you set up the standard… That all women should be believed in uh, Me Too uh, is where we need to hold ourselves accountable, then I do think that it's appropriate for him to have to answer to a higher standard since he established that higher standard for everyone else. But it still seems to me, and, and I've been saying this to small groups of people, uh, like I said, I haven't talked about it much on air, that this is the excuse the Democrats are going to use to try and remove him. Uh, he's being very defiant right now. In fact, he had a press conference today where he denied any misdoing and refuses to resign. I don't think he's going to have a choice for much longer. But uh, with all that having been said and all of my uh, views thrown out in a very uh, short synopsis, uh, what's been your thought of this whole progressing? What, what have you been watching play out here, sir? Well, the nursing home situation, that was not dumb. When they stuffed those elderly citizens into nursing homes who were sick and caused the deaths of, um, I say, I believe, upwards of 20,000 New Yorkers, it wasn't just dumb. It was very evil. The reason why I say that is because, if you recall, President Trump sent, a, per the request of Mr. Cuomo, a ship that could have held many, many people. And Trump sent the ship. It was well-equipped, and they were ready to handle all of these people. So instead of doing that, Mr. Cuomo said, well, screw the ship. I'm just going to stuff them into nursing homes. That's beyond dumb. That is uh, rather wicked. And then he was very defiant in his attitude. So I, I think um, it is ve a very sad commentary on our times, um, when people are more upset 
over a few off-color remarks to three young ladies than they were over the possibility of 20,000 elderly citizens. And that just shows you just how jacked up our society is. Okay. So it's it's like with Al Capone. He murdered people. Everyone knew it. He robbed banks. He did all these horrible things. But the only thing they could get him on was tax evasion. So Cuomo has done all kinds of horrible things throughout the years. And okay, he said a few off-color things to a few women. Now let's hang him out to dry. See, because here's the thing. There's, There's something even more nefarious about that, even that development. If you're a man and you look at a lady and you say, you know, I like you. You look nice in that dress. Years later, you can get in big heap of trouble for saying that. And with one of them, I think it was something to that effect where he commented on her in a dress. You make it look good or something like that. Yeah. Now, see, see, there's there's more to it than, than just being angry over him saying these things to these women. People are so stupid in this in this nation that they can get worked up over that, something natural. Not saying it's right or whatever. Depending on what was actually said to these women. Well, to to be fair, Ron, and let me just kind of slide in there. uh, Some of this accusation isn't so much just things he said, but actually laid hands on. uh, Now, those cases. Now, see, I was only speaking of the one I believe he spoke to. Right. And and, and I get that. Now, if you get touchy, touchy with someone and they don't want it, that's another thing. But even that is compared to the deaths of all those people in those nursing homes. Right. It's nothing in comparison when he when, when the touching he did was nothing in compared to all so now he may pay eventually for those deaths, but if it were not for these three females who were upset over in one case what he said and the others possibly being touched, would they be now looking at the situation with the nursing homes. I say not, because the only reason the Democrats and others are going after him is because now he's become expendable. Now that the country is looking at this, well, you know what? You were this, that, and the other. The Democrats can throw him to the to the sharks, and you know, up next. And the reason why I say up next because the people that are lined up to replace him as governor running for governor and also to replace Mayor de Blah Blah of New York are other leftists that the, the dumb people there still support. So it's not like they even support a better grade of people to replace the likes of Andrew Cuomo and their that that evil mayor in New York City. So it's it's like more of the same and that's why the Democrat Party, knowing that they can get another leftist like Cuomo in his place, okay, Cuomo, now America's watching you. We have to throw you overboard because we don't need this uh, this around our ankle. We throw you, throw you overboard, the, the people will forget, and we can continue on destroying the country. It, it, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that these three women spoke up, I doubt very seriously that Cuomo would be in big heap of trouble right now. Oh, no doubt, and that was kind of the point that I was alluding to before. Yeah. This, this is the 
the leftist-approved method of going after Cuomo because then they don't have to acknowledge that anything bad happened in the nursing homes. They don't have to acknowledge that the only reason they left him where he was previously was because he was useful fighting against the orange man. Yeah. And, that, go ahead. And, and, and see, that's oh, – you know, I, 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 love, I love my country. I really do. But many of its people, oh my goodness, they 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 I, they've got to be using. I think when they pass gas, they just lose their brain. They lost their brains. I I I I don't get it. They ate rice and beans and passed gas and brain gone, and it's the the, the way they think and what they go along with is amazing. I'm talking about millions and millions and millions of American people. And it that's that is that is a scary, scary, scary nightmare that we're we're having to deal with. Because we've always had, like I said, we've always had this level of evil. Lyndon Baines Johnson, George H. W. Bush. These we've had these nefariously wicked individuals for a long, long time. But now, so many, and I'll never forget. Tim, it was years ago. I was a, a young reporter in Cleveland. When I approached, uh, it was his name was Ed Young. He was president of the Cleveland School Board, and I was young and naive. And I was like, "Wow, Mr. Young, aren't you glad now that uh, because of the economy and now the Cleveland school system is way in the black economically, you can get all of the equipment that you need for the students, and everyone." Is, is should be happy. The teachers have gotten raises. They're among the most highest paid in the nation now. And isn't everyone glad? And now you can do a wonderful job just teaching those students. That man looked at me in my face and said, oh, ho, are, are you serious? Oh, we will be back in control and we will get this nation back in the direction that we want. It was just one of those moments where I'm sure that's not something that he wanted to say, but I sure had fun using it on the air. Um, but this is this is what it's all about. And so what you're seeing now are all those people, and I'm sure every school board president around the country was thinking the same thing during that time. And those – what you're experiencing or watching now are the graduates who are the voters – who are continuing on. That's why – why do you think that AOC was reelected? Supposedly no one liked her. They all called her an idiot, right? Yeah. But she was reelected, I think, by a larger margin than, than the first time. Yeah. So that's the scary part. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, and you're absolutely right, and that's reflected by the people, like you mentioned, who are lined up to replace Cuomo's. And uh, to replace that, I mean, at this point, Cuomo, who's always been a lefty, but still somebody that was riding on the coattails of his fathers, just like uh, uh, <laughs> not Fredo over on CNN, both riding on the daddy's coattails. I don't think either one of them have done a thing on their own, really, uh, ever. But uh, it, it makes Andrew look like. 
I don't know, a, a center-of-the-road guy. It makes him look like the way they tried to pretend Biden was a moderate. And we know there's nothing moderate about the policies that Andrew Cuomo has uh, been pushing. Uh, it's very dangerous, uh, the ideas. I mean, they're the ones who basically pushed this nation into a post-Roe versus Way uh, uh Existence because they've went far beyond what Roe v. Wade allows with their death up to the point of birth. And uh, you know what? If you accidentally survive that abortion attempt, uh, you're dead anyway. That's something that was never permitted before. They led the way with that, and this is looking very moderate compared to the people that are in line. Well, uh, we've. I, 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 I just have to say this. <sighs> You know, I may not be that smart, so maybe so. So please excuse me for what I'm going to say. Uh, in this area, I must not be very smart because I am not smart enough to understand how anyone could have believed ever that Joe Biden was a moderate. Because in 1972, when he was elected, first elected to government. He signed up then. He was bought and paid for by a large but but fairly unknown communist organization to help undermine the United States of America. He was there whenever we got a bad deal in those um, missile negotiations through the year. They used to call them perestroika and detente. He was always there to help negotiate to the disadvantage of the United States of America. He was always there to undermine progress by black American men, and his most famous example was with Clarence Thomas. So how how anyone – I see I'm not smart enough to understand how people are, can be that dumb to think that he was ever a moderate. I, 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 you have to – Pray for me to, to to get smart enough to understand that. Well, well, it's simple, Ron. Those those same Americans that you were talking about that we're scared of or who they support, uh, these folks are watching more reality TV than understanding the reality of DC policies on their life. Uh, so you know they just listen to one news source and they just believe what they're told. They're spoon fed, and then it becomes easy to just buy into the package. And that's the only way. Uh, real quick, Ron, because we are, as usual, quickly running out of time, and I wanted to touch on a little bit. Uh, three minutes or less, if you can manage it, sir. Uh, your thoughts about this year's CPAC, and in particular, uh, Donald Trump's speech at CPAC. Wonderful speech. Uh, CPAC was uh, great uh, from what I saw from a distance. Um, I thought it was a very uplifting speech. It um, at the same time I was very sad because I'm like oh just imagine how great it could have been, um, but you know I think I think he's going to be back and all that but in the interim uh, we see such a stark difference between um, Donald Trump and the imposter, and so um, what a big letdown. The only problem I had with his speech and that was one big glaring issue is that. Uh, he urged everyone to get their vaccine. Other than that, it was a sterling speech. But I, if something strikes me, um, and a, kind of an alarm went off for him to uh, – I know he's talked about the vaccines in the past and said we should get our vaccines, this, that, and the other. And I understand. I read that he and Melania got uh, shot up uh, in, 
in January and all of that. And, you know, they, that's what they wanted to do. That's up, to, you know, that's their right. And um, I, I'm shocked that he would do that, knowing about the dangers of those vaccines. I would think he would know about them. And, uh, but the way he urged everyone to get your shots. I, that kind of disturbed me, but other than that, man, I was I was really enjoying the speech, and uh, for that hour and, and, and some odd minutes, I uh, was really feeling good about the country and uh, just looking at the potential and uh, what it will be like when he's back in back in office. Yeah, yeah I, I think what we uh, see there just a little bit, Ron, is that one uh, glaring. Uh, uh, flaw that we've talked about uh, a lot, other than the fact that sometimes he doesn't know when to just let things go, <laughs> is that he he does put way too much, uh, I guess a little too much authority in his own mind into uh, those people who have earned credentials. He believes a little too much in somebody who's earned a doctorate or somebody who's uh, an expert. Uh, because he wants to believe that experts are always going to give you the best information possible. So he wants to believe in them, and of course he wants to believe in the vaccines too because in his mind that is one of his crowning achievements. And uh, I kind of understand where he's coming from with that, Uh, and I doubt seriously that he's looked into those things that uh, you are concerned about, sir. But uh, it is, uh, again, the kind of thing that uh, Donald Trump has had to be kind of taken to because remember he – in the earliest days of his campaign, uh, thought that Planned Parenthood did good things, and uh, he had to be enlightened on that because, again, his focus was in other places. Yeah, he, he, he naively believed that they actually uh, provided lots of medical care for people, which is a big lie. Yeah. And uh, thank God the right people got to him about that, but unfortunately they did not get to him in regards to the vaccine. And uh, here America is right now all right sir as always i greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule and come hang out with me for an hour or so on wednesday nights uh we'll definitely wait with bated breath till uh, our next opportunity to get together sir in the meanwhile uh godspeed keep up all the great work and uh, thank you for all you do okay uh did I lose you, Ron? <laughs> I I think I did, or at least I'm not hearing Ron anymore. At any rate, uh, for everybody who's listening, uh, the show is typically broken up into two-hour segments uh, on terrestrial radio. So for that purpose, so it's time to reset the hour. So for those of you that I'm about to say goodbye to, remember, don't take my word for anything you've heard today. Be prepared to do your own homework and most importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Uh, Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart out there. And uh, for those of you that are here live listening, uh, don't go anywhere. Hour number two starts right after this. above the gun hear the wind 
across the plain There is no fear that I must contain And I'm in the eye of the hurricane I see the sweat across his brow Poised to draw in eternal now. The fastest one is the one who's slain. I still stand, got the better aim. And I'm in the eye of the
damn UN. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And glad to be doing it. However, I know that the overwhelming majority of all you fine folks are not listening live. In fact, a lot of you are either listening on terrestrial radio where they are kind enough to rebroadcast this show. Or you're listening uh, to the podcast version that uh, is downloaded and available almost immediately after the live shows. In fact, uh, there's this ongoing battle right now. The folks in India are still listening to the show like crazy. Uh, So glad to have all you guys listening in. Uh, Ever so often, depending on when I'm checking, you guys actually scoop ahead of the American listenership. And uh, that's pretty impressive because I thought – Wow, uh, when you first uh, started doing that, the first couple of weeks, okay, so you've come across this, and this is a new app, and, and it's a new program on the app that you're listening to podcasts on, and you're like, okay, figured that would kind of fade away after you guys figured out, uh, okay, and uh, uh, just another American with a silly American ideas. Uh, but you guys have stayed consistent, even when my broadcast as of late have not been particularly consistent due to the internet issues, the long and ongoing, ridiculously uh, drawn-out internet issues I've had that made it nearly impossible for me to do live shows for a bit, and then made it even hard for me to record and upload for the purposes of getting it to everyone. Uh, so, I, you know, it's been amazing. Uh, and during that time frame, you guys are still listening. So, thank you so very much. It's the point I'm trying to get to, and uh, I'm I'm really impressed with your dedication. And uh, the fact that you're still downloading and listening to the show. So thank you so very much. For your guys' benefit, though, just in case, especially if you're one of the folks listening on radio, uh, the time of the live broadcast is Wednesday evening. It is March the 3rd. Can you believe that? We are already in March. Wow. And uh, Biden hasn't accidentally blown anything up yet. Uh, uh, He did blow some stuff up in Syria, or at least he gets blamed for that, but I don't think he made that call, uh, and it wasn't accidentally uh, regardless. But, you know, it uh, doesn't stop the Democrats from talking real, real feverishly these days about how maybe it's a good idea if, you know, we decided not to just let the president have access to the nuclear codes because right now – That would be Joe Biden uh, in name. I mean he is the president in title, right? Uh, He's been the recognized winner of the 2020 election uh, despite all the reasons and rationale why you might be uh, questioning the outcome. Uh, You know I have to be real careful. Don't want to be deplatformed. I can't have the cancel culture coming after me, can I? Uh, Yeah, actually, I I wouldn't be overly concerned about it because uh, eventually they're coming after me. Right now, I'm way down their list of people to come after. I'm so far down there. But just because truth is in the title uh, of this show, I'm going to show up on their radar enough that after they've canceled these other bigger individuals, after they go after somebody like Annie and try to stop her from telling the truth everywhere… After they try to take down Don Smith, after they try to stop Chief, 
you know, after they come, even after Bigfoot and the uh, the blogging uh, side of things, uh, they will do these things. They will come for all of us eventually if we don't band together and push back now. We need to fight in the arena of ideas. We need to fight with our words, and we need to fight with the ideas because the American people, I still believe, uh, truly believe in liberty and freedom. I think there's just a lot of folks that aren't paying enough attention. I don't know what we can do to, to get this point across, but I am seeing, and, and maybe this is just me hoping to see it, the wishful thinking bit, but I am seeing more and more people pushing back against council culture at the very least. People who are traditionally aligned with the left are starting to say, guys, enough is enough. Even Bill Maher, who, again, I find myself very concerned when, I, when I'm in agreement with him, uh, came out and had a mostly decent rant about cancel culture himself not too long ago, earlier this week actually. Now, again, I say mostly decent because he still had to be Bill Maher. He still had to say a few things here and that are kind of like, come on, man. You know the thing. No, that's that's the wrong come on, man. Sorry. Um, but at the end of the day, they are coming from us. And once they realize that I'm not using the 1984 doublespeak of uh, tapping into the truth, as in the Truth Bureau, let's, let's have a truth uh, commission – once they figure out that I mean actual objective truth, which of course is a symbol of white supremacy, and sorry, Coke, I'm still working on being less white. It's not working so far because I still believe in you know little things like being on time and uh, standing on the merit of my work and uh, putting in the time to get better and taking advantage of opportunities, not just expecting them handed to me. You know, little things like that, which I have been informed are all part of the white power structure. So, you know, whatever. Now, by the way, I, I mentioned a few people's names. In case you might be accidentally new to the show and not familiar, I mentioned Ann Ubellis a moment ago, who happens to be hanging out with me in the chat room right now, by the way. There's uh, only one in there right now, but uh, unsurprising that uh, not a big crowd is I mentioned already, not been doing a whole lot of live broadcasting as of late. So I suspect it might take a minute or possibly two uh, for some of the folks to make their way back. I, I hope to see them by the weekend. I'm, I think I'm ready to get back to the regular schedule, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, I've been told that most of the internet upgrades in the region have been done, so there shouldn't be these issues. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> My fingers are crossed. Uh, but at any rate, I mentioned Ann Ubella. She's, of course, the host of a great show called Southern Sense Talk Radio, one of the best talk shows out there, period. Not just conservative, although it is, but one of the best ones, period. Uh, I would recommend you go visit her at southern-sense.com. Uh, from her website, you can find your preferred method of listening, and it's well worth giving a lesson. I listen. I mentioned Bigfoot a minute ago in his blogs. He is a blogger extraordinaire. He's not in here with us tonight, but I'm still going to give him a plug just the same because he is just that good. Uh, check out his stuff at bigfootsplace.blogspot.com. Uh, we uh, – who else did I mention Don Smith in particular. Uh, the Don Smith Show can be found at blogtalkradio.com. Uh, he's live on Saturdays starting at noon Eastern. Uh, of course, 
He has a uh, phenomenal program well worth listening to. Uh, check out the archives and listen live if you can. I mentioned Chief, didn't I? Uh, yeah, he's got a great show too. It's called uh, Simple Facts of Life. You can join him live on Tuesdays starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, or you can listen to the plethora of great programs in his archives. Again, same place, blogtalkradio.com. Uh, you'll see a little search bar at the top. You can look for the name of the shows, and uh, you'll find your way there. Uh, I didn't mention anybody with the Global Patriot Radio Network right offhand, but it's another great place to visit if you're going to check out Blog Talk Radio. That is, of course, at least for the moment, the home broadcasting platform of this show. Uh, we do it there, and then we emanate outwards, and uh, phenomenal. I spend a lot of time on Spreaker these days too. Uh, I'm still very much pondering moving over there full-time at this point. I started out over there, moved here because of the ease of taking phone calls, and if I can get the tech stuff worked out, I just might. It's still kind of up in the air, but uh, I think… I'm going to be here for a little while longer yet. So anyway, hopefully everybody will start coming back and joining me in the chat room, and uh, we'll get that interaction going. In the meanwhile, uh, in the first hour today, I was joined by my friend, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook and the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience that uh, can primarily be found over at mojovivo.com these days. Uh, you can uh, check out his website, theronedwards.com. Uh, you can find uh, everything he's got going on there as well. Uh, he was here. We were talking about some of the bigger overlapping topics of the day, and I kind of want to continue with some of those topics rather than delving into much else. Because ultimately, I, I think there's a lot of importance that uh, is involved with the current digital book burning that we have going on, I, and I don't think there's I don't think there's a better way of putting it. You know, now you can digitally burn a book just by having some IT guy push the delete button, and that's kind of where we're at right now. If you haven't been paying attention, there's been a number of conservative uh, authors who've had their works removed from the Amazon availability list under the guides of hate speech. Now, Mein Kampf is still easily and readily available, but other far less offensive titles are not. And it kind of really drove home to me, and I mentioned this book specifically back in the first hour, but it drove home to me when I realized that one of the premier books, recent premier books on the transgender movement book by Mr. Ryan T. Anderson titled When Harry Became Sally. When it was removed, it struck a chord because this is a book that I had a copy of, and strangely enough, I loaned it out, and it disappeared. But this book was written with so much compassion towards the transgender community. This book was written in, in a way that was meaningful and was not offensive, was not – clearly not an attack on anyone, but it now meets the criteria for Amazon's hate speech guidelines. At the time, a brand new guideline, 
And I realize this is still just a further escalation of what we had already been seeing. Uh, now, Amazon, of course, private company, they can do what they want. Yeah, to an extent, that's true. Same thing with Facebook, same thing with Twitter. But uh, I've kind of evolved to a different position when it comes to social media, especially the social media platforms that have the market space under their thumb. And the reason why I have evolved to this new place is because that has become the new town square. They have essentially become almost a utility, and they've done this by design. This was their plan all along. It's not like they woke up one day and it had accidentally happened. This is exactly what they had hoped for from the very beginning. And they moved in this position, and now they're in the business of controlling the flow of information. Plain and simple. Now, Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg and company can stand back and say, well, we really just wanted to, to create a, a platform where you could stay in touch with friends and relatives uh, where maybe you don't get to see each other that much. That was all we were ever supposed to be. Really? Then why did you make it so easy to share news links? Well, people wanted to, did they? Or did you want them to? Why uh, has Twitter become a blue checkmark wasteland full of leftists and ideologues that have no no conscience at all about trying to destroy someone they've never met just because they found one random rogue thing they deem to be wrong? And that's all it takes, by the way. I mean somebody like myself, I could be canceled all day long if it was within their power to do it. I've said plenty of things that would upset them. But the concern here is how is anybody even still calling the leftist in this country liberal? Because they're not. There's nothing liberal about these leftists. A liberal would stand against book burning. A liberal would stand against the idea of the free flow of information being stopped. A liberal would stand right beside me and say, I don't agree with a single thing you said about governmental policy, but you know what, dadgummit brother? Uh, you're a fellow American, and you've got a right to say everything that you believe. You've got a right to state your case. You've got a right to try and convince other people. It doesn't matter how dangerous what I have to say might be. It doesn't matter that I have guests on, on a regular basis, that I let them say what it is they have to say and what it is they believe, and I don't often challenge people on it, although sometimes I will discuss it after the fact once they're gone because I have invited them on as a guest, and I've done so so they can speak freely. There's plenty of occasions where, where Dan Perkins will be on or where Ron will be on where – Various other guests uh, on a regular basis will come on, and, and and I disagree with some of the things they say. And you know what? The same thing happens. In fact, Ron and I will actually kind of will go back and forth a little bit on occasion, uh, although always in a friendly manner, always friendly. And I guess, again, we understand that in America it's okay to disagree. It should be. It, it always has been, except the left – the political, globalist, elitist leftists can't stand 
the idea of people who disagree getting along because if you disagree with them, they have to silence you. If you disagree with them, they have to squash you like a bug on their windshield because you are an impediment to them. That's why global leftist elites were working on trying to dissolve the Constitution of the United States before she was even written. There were people that were leftists. There were people that were still quietly loyal to England back in those days that were in a position to attend the meetings where they were drawing together the the amendments and the decisions of how to write and what to, to include and how to form this government that didn't like the constraints of the Constitution. And you know why? Oh, if you're a regular listener to this show, then you already know why. But I'm speaking right now to maybe that accidental uh, person who, who's just come across the show. Maybe just accidentally came here and had no idea what you're going to – do you know why people were against the constraints that the Constitution put in place? Because they wanted power for themselves, and they wanted to institute a government that would help them attain it. Now, I usually look at life through the lens of conservatism, and it's a position that I have not easily come to. I was raised in a house that was full of Democrats, although they'd be referred to as blue dog Democrats today. And in another couple of weeks, they'd be referred to as those guys who used to think they were Democrats but never really were because they don't really have much of a place in the party these days, do they? It took a long time for me to get through to my dad that he didn't have a political home in the Democratic Party anymore. And sadly, he did come to that realization, but it wasn't very long before his passing. But at least at least we got to that point of agreement before he did. And it, it took him seeing once again how the parties operate now because there is no more love of the American people. There's no more love of America, the republic. There is only power, 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 more power for me. How, how do I win the next election? I just won an election. How do I win the next election? Oh, no, they just won an election. How do we take, how do we take that, that power back? And that's it. Nothing else enters the equation. I asked Ron a, a few weeks back uh, which book best describes where we're at, and these are all books that if you don't have a hard copy of, you may soon find it impossible to get a copy of. Again, digital book burning and all. I asked him if we were living in an animal farm or 1984 or Brave New World, and he actually surprised me a little bit. He went more with Animal Farm because of the analogies that are existent there. I, I really thought he would probably lean more towards 1984 based on conversations that we've had, but uh, he surprised me a little bit. Now, it, obviously he's not wrong because there's elements of all of these dystopian futures that are in play. 
If you haven't read them, by the way, I highly recommend that you do so. And again, while you still can, and please get a get a actual physical copy because before long, these books too shall be part of the digital book burning, meaning that you can pay for a copy now. You could have a, a Kindle version of this book paid for it. In order. It's in your library. Supposedly they're available for you, to pay, and it's not going to be long before – oh, well, this is no longer approved thought. Bleep, delete. And don't expect a refund either because guess what? Wrong thinkers don't get their money back. You, you think I'm wrong? Well, then good luck to you, sir or madam. Because the time is coming quickly. This, this is what we're seeing. This is what we've watched with Dr. Seuss. Six titles now will no longer be available. They have instantly already become a rare item. Dr. Seuss. Clearly, clearly, the road to white supremacy is through what I saw on Mulberry Street. And so I can't believe what I saw on Mulberry Street, can you? I mean, clearly. Uh, if I ran the zoo, then I have no choice but to become a white supremacist because that's what white supremacists do, evidently, according to these moronic people who are now so desperate to find something wrong that they have to now even make up things that previously wouldn't have qualified as a microaggression, which, by the way, I still stand by the statement that if you're having to look at microaggressions, then you're not really dealing with any kind of racism. And once again, sorry, Coke, still trying to figure out how to be less white. Haven't done it yet, but you know, I, I, I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. Seems like everywhere I go, I just end up Making other people more white instead of me being less white. I don't know how that's happening. And it's people that actually aren't genetically white, but they start identifying as more white. I'm a bad influence, which is why I must be canceled. I should just self counsel, you know, uh, save the effort for the leftists. Of why even make them come after me? I just I'll sit down and, and be quiet for a while. I'll let them have their turn. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm going to do. I, I've heard some of the defenses of trying to cancel. And I've even heard some of these folks on the left, uh, a few of those blue checkmark folks, by the way, who have tried to say, well, why do you even care about kids' books? There's, there's important things going on in the world out there. Uh, you know, this is also important. Because yeah, clearly it is, or you wouldn't have come after these children's books. Uh, you you come after, you attack, you try to destroy cultural touchstones, and then you say, "Well, you're just upset because uh, the culture is changing." Well, if the change was for the better, we wouldn't be upset about it. And yes. We are upset at conservatives in general that you're trying to destroy cultural touchstones because it's those cultural touchstones that also link us to our shared history. And it's through that shared history that we bind ourselves together and grow as a people into a better future. 
not all separated in little boxes with a little label stapped on that you want to put us on and then pretend like it was the rest of us that put these labels out there and that now we all hate each other because we have a different label. I don't like you because you don't look like me, or I don't like you over there because you don't go to the same church I do. And and you over there – don't even get me started about what's going on with that guy over there. Just, just don't. In fact, I don't even know if that guy is a guy. Oh, so now you're throwing out a uh, transphobic slur. No, I, the guy or gal or whoever – I haven't seen their preferred pronoun, so I honestly don't know. It's not a slur, it's, and that's the problem. That is the problem. No matter what you do to try to appease these people, there's no way to properly appease them. It's lose-lose no matter what. If you don't jump through every single little hoop and stay on their good graces from the beginning, you are always going to be wrong in their eyes, and they're always going to try to cancel you, which is why cancel culture must die. It must be killed. It must be ripped out by its roots. And you know what? The, the funniest thing, the funniest thing is that it would be so easy. It would be so easy. All it starts is with they tell you to, to bend the knee, you just say no. And then when they come after you, like in my case, when they come after sponsors of the show, if those sponsors just say, uh, actually, we're going to give them more money now because you guys are a bunch of crybabies, and uh, eh, we know that there's a legitimate difference between not being racist and being anti-racist. We know there's a legitimate difference between people who care about black lives and Black Lives Matter Incorporated, a Marxist organization that is hell-bent on destroying the republic and really don't give a rat's backside about actual black lives. It's more uh, truth speak. We're going to call it this. It's like whoever's been naming the bills in Congress uh, also helped name some of these organizations. We're anti-fascist, although everything we do is in a fascist way. Yeah, way to go, Antifa, 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 Antifa. Mind-numbingly ridiculous. Anybody miss Rush yet? <laughs> I mean, anybody other than the immediate family? You guys out there? Man, I miss Rush Limbaugh. You know, it was one of these cases where you knew it was coming, and it, it didn't, didn't matter. Strong, powerful voice, and meant a lot. And, I, I, you know, it just occurs to me I haven't actually said anything about the passing of Rush Limbaugh on the air yet. It's been a little while. I haven't intentionally ducked the topic. Just, just haven't. Not going to do too much right now either. But I'm going to leave it right here, and I, I probably will by the weekend come back to that. But for right now, I'm just going to leave it with I miss Rush Limbaugh. I miss him a lot. All right, let me take the mid-hour break because I have uh, snuck just past the mid-hour uh, mid mark. 
And uh, on the other side of that, we will continue this discussion. And meanwhile, let's kick it off with the Edwards Notebook. On January 25th, 1974, Ronald Reagan gave his famous Shining City on a Hill speech. He was bitterly opposed to the dark, dim direction our nation was heading. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, time does not permit me to share the Gipper's entire message, but his most inspiring conclusion is itself a message for the ages. And I quote, We cannot escape our destiny, nor should we try to. The leadership of the free world was thrust upon us two centuries ago in that little hall of Philadelphia. In the days following World War II, when the economic strength and power of America was all that stood between the world and the return to the Dark Ages, Pope Pius XII said, The American people have great genius for splendid and unselfish actions. Into the hands of America, God has placed the destinies of an afflicted mankind. We are indeed, we are today, the last best hope of mankind on earth. Today our republic is embroiled in a war between those on the political left who literally want to recast her as one nation under China and mob rule. And today's re-founding fathers who seek to reestablish our exceptional nation way of life with true liberty and justice for all. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins for your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Did you know that the VA drastically expanded telehealth during the pandemic? Telehealth allows you to stay in your home and visit with a doctor. Prior to the outbreak of the epidemic, the VA system conducted about 2,500 telehealth video sessions daily. Today, it's increased a thousand percent with more than 25,000 telehealth calls every day. Here's your veterans tip of the day. Make contact with your local VA facility and find out how you can enroll in telehealth. It'll improve the quality of your care. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us Veterans Tip of the Day. We often find ourselves arguing statistics with anti-gun people, but let's put the conversation into perspective. I'll give you some stats, but also expose the anti-gun left's real motives for gun control. First of all, don't you think that anyone who really wants to save lives would focus their attention on an area where the most lives are lost? The gun grabbers like to use the number of 30 to 40,000 gun-related deaths per year. But if we take out suicides, which are 60% of those gun-related deaths, which, by the way, are not reduced by the absence of guns, and we take out law enforcement-related deaths, in other words, good guys killing bad guys, we're left with about 14,880 gun-related homicides. But here's where it gets interesting. The majority of those gun-related homicides are gang-related. So let's say we didn't have the gang problem we have in this country. The number of gun-related homicides shrinks to 2,976 per year in America. And here's another interesting fact that the anti-gun left doesn't want you to know. The majority of gang-related violence occurs in Democrat-run cities across this country that are highly gun-restricted, by the way, and often allow violent illegals safe harbor. What that means is good people living within those cities are denied their right to protect themselves against the human violence that Democrats encourage with their bad policies. Now let's compare that to some other things that the anti-gun left could be working on if they really wanted to save lives. Drunk driving takes almost 11,000 lives per year in America. 47,000 lives are lost per year in America due to suicide. 
bipolar disorder and schizophrenia being two of the leading causes of suicide, not guns. But one of the biggest causes of preventable deaths in America is abortion. Almost 330,000 lives are taken per year in America by people committing abortion. Now let me give you a piece of information that the anti-self-defense crowd doesn't want you to know. How many lives do you think are saved every year because of guns? The answer is two and a half million. Every year in America, two and a half million lives are potentially saved by the use of firearms. Now this doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And 46% of those lives saved are women. This is a study that was done by Gary Kleck, a Florida criminologist, and backed by data from the CDC. So why do you think the gun grabbers never share this information? Well, some would argue that they don't really care about saving lives as much as they care about disarming their fellow citizens and preventing them from independently protecting themselves and their families. Gun control is a top-down method that puts government in charge of the lives and safety of people under the guise of public safety. It's the first step in stealing the freedom our founders fought for. The anti-left has already decided that they are willing to give up their freedom to government. The problem is they can't have their government-controlled utopian society unless you get on board. And real Americans are clearly not getting on board. Gun control is a way of forcing you into dependence, whether you like it or not. Now, we're never going to cure the evil in the hearts of killers, but we can stop them. So, to the gun grabbers, do you really want to save lives? Then get to work on the real causes of human violence and help us restore our gun rights so good people can protect themselves. Help us save lives rather than ending them before they get a chance to take their first breath. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government and with three little words, we the people. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver, the government is the car, and we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. Well, I don't think truer words have been spoken, at least in American politics. Ronald Reagan once again dropping a truth bomb right in the middle of everything. Uh, we the people, boys and girls, that's, uh, that's you and me. Uh, that's the folks that care enough to pay attention, who've taken the time to learn how our government is supposed to work, 
why we have three co-equal branches as established in our Constitution, not this parity of such that we have currently operating where they seem to want to push all the authority in just one of two places. And then the third, that being the legislative body, just wants to sit back and blame everything or take credit for everything uh, on what's going on in these other two bodies. It's no surprise that there's extra constitutional authority being granted or being denied uh, the executive branch or even the judicial branch on a nearly daily basis. It's us. It's it's you. It's me. It's Bonnie down the road. It's uh, Betty. It's Joe. It's Randy. It's it's everybody. It doesn't matter. Who you are, we the people. We're supposed to be the ones running this thing, and we're supposed to have hired ourselves some representatives by virtue of elections to, to go and do our business. And that primary business is to provide a minimum number of services that we expect our government to provide and primarily to protect our liberty, not – Slowly try to usurp power from us, not uh, try to tell us and dictate to us which freedoms we still have because other freedoms are far too dangerous to let us keep. Now I say that because there is a handful of bills making their way through the House of Representatives that should they get to the Senate and should they pass are going to look to restrict exactly that we have – Bills that are designed to all but end the Second Amendment. We have bills that are designed to end uh, – to all but end our freedom of speech and our freedom of religion as far as that's concerned too. It's not an exaggeration. Go check them out for yourself. This is your homework assignment. This is the part where I tell you don't believe anything I tell you. Go do the homework yourself, and don't. Don't go watch a report on CNN and think you know everything there is to know about these bills because you're not getting the truth. Go read the bill. Oh, but that's hard. It's worth it. Stop letting the mainstream legacy media filter through what little bits of information they want you to have and start seeing for yourself exactly what's going on. That being said, wanted to migrate back to Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York. Once upon a time, Herodot is a hero of the Democratic Party, so much so that he could possibly serve as an emergency replacement for Biden on the presidential ticket should things have gone further south uh, faster than they had expected. Granted, I'm not sure how much longer they're going to be able to keep up this farce. I'm not sure how much longer they're going to be able to continue to pretend that Joe Biden is in charge of anything. Because right now, I doubt he's even controlling his own bowels. And, and that may sound harsh and cruel, but as, as bad as that may sound to some of you, it's like, oh, come on, Joe's not that bad. Uh, first, I'm going to tell you uh, if you honestly believe that, you're wrong. Joe, Joe Biden has always been one honorary son of a gun. 
He's been very mean to anybody who disagrees with him. His record is there for you to look up as well. Guess what? With nearly 50 years in D.C. before now, it's not hard to find something where Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. has been mean to an American citizen. It's not hard at all. It's not hard to find things that he said that are blatantly and obviously racist as opposed to the caricature you may find in a drawing in a Dr. Seuss book, which uh, may seem problematic by today's standards. But uh, even by today's standards really kind of leave you wondering how exactly was he supposed to draw these people? Proving the point of why Dr. Seuss very rarely drew people in the first place. I want to make up imaginary creatures, and that way these imaginary creatures can spill in for people. But I, I don't find myself elevating one group of people over another. I mean, Dr. Seuss was very, very much against racism. But Andrew Cuomo, back to... Andrew, he finds himself in this very unique position, the position much like where Bill Clinton has recently found himself. He's outlived his usefulness to the party. That That's where he's at right now. He's not extreme enough for New York Democrats. And they had a perfect out to go after him when it came to the nursing home death and the resulting cover-up from the nursing home COVID-19 deaths. I, with the fact that they were sending COVID-19 patients into nursing homes that were not even senior citizens. Remember the story of the young gentleman that beat his roommate to death? He wouldn't stop coughing. Yeah, he won't shut up. Bang, bang, bang. Beat him to death. That guy wasn't wasn't some elderly dude. Fairly young guy. Yeah, happened to be a person of color. By the way, uh, for those of you that uh, want to keep track of that kind of thing, talking back in the first hour with Ron Edwards about Andrew Cuomo. The the point is now the Democrats have found a very democratic way. A very leftist way to remove Cuomo without having to admit that their whole orange man bad campaign was wrong. But some important things to remember about COVID-19 nursing home deaths in New York. USS Mercy was stationed there, available. And the McCormick Center, the Javits Center, not McCormick. McCormick's in Chicago. I apologize. The Javits Center. In New York, big convention hall, used for trade shows and the like. It was set up as a field hospital. Neither of those were used to any real level, any real extent. In fact, I'm not even certain, quite honestly, that Cuomo ever allowed a COVID patient to be sent to either one. Could have, could have said, hey, we're, we're going to send our COVID patients there because our nursing homes here – our senior assisted living homes here in New York, while 
it would be good if we could isolate here. We don't have the capacity to keep the other residents from getting sick, and this is a vulnerable population. So we're going to send them here. And even though it wasn't set up like that, it would have been just a matter of saying, can we do this? And it would have been done. Cuomo says, we need more respirators. Uh, Trump says, okay, well, we'll get some more respirators, but wait, what, what about all those respirators you already have right over there in that warehouse that you're not using them, but they're they're there? Oh, well, yeah, I, I guess we could use those now instead of continuing to whine that we don't have enough or that we need more. Big bunch of hoarders. We want all the respirators. Please. Why? You're... You, you're just killing off all the old folks. They don't need one, do they? Oh, just in case somebody with the last name Cuomo ends up in the emergency room, I guess. I, I don't know. A lot of people have literally said that Andrew Cuomo has blood on his hands, literally said that he murdered those people. Now, that might be a little over the top. That might be hyperbole. But I'm not going to argue with them and tell them that they're wrong. I'm not going to tell them that semantically perhaps that's a, a misstatement because they've got every right to be upset. They have every right to be angry. He did this knowing exactly what the result was going to be. And then once he realized that um, maybe, maybe instead of playing politics, maybe instead of giving Donald Trump a win of any kind… Maybe he should have done the smarter thing and protected a vulnerable population. By the time he realized that, it was too late. And in fact, honestly, I still don't believe he's realized that. I think he may have finally come along to the fact that, well, maybe just sending all these at-risk COVID patients into an at-risk population that weren't COVID patients, maybe that part was a mistake. Has he even acknowledged that yet? No, no, we were all learning on the plot. Well, guess what? I I said before, and I'll say again, I was willing to give just about everybody a pass on this because the thing about a novel virus is this is brand new. You don't really know. You You can anticipate how it's going to behave and how it's going to act based on what viruses in the same family groupings have always done. I mean COVID-19 is in the same – family uh, with the freaking common cold. There's reasonable expectations that it's going to behave in a similar fashion because it's a very similar virus, but it's still brand new, and it's going to do new things. So is there going to be mistakes made? Yeah, possibly. But you know what's not a mistake? How Rod DeSantis ran Florida. <laughs> they got the state of Florida to freaking herd immunity and warp speed, and they are open for business. And congratulations to Texas, by the way, and Mississippi, I understand, for deciding that they're going to move forward with removing all of their restrictions. So 100% open for business because there is trust that these vaccines are going to be effective. There's trust that these vaccines are going to be taken in large enough numbers for it to matter. And there's also the little thing about how uh, an overwhelming majority of the citizens of their states have already either been exposed or have gotten and recovered from the COVID. So a natural immunity, herd immunity exists in some of these locations. The sudden drop-off in reported cases is not – I repeat, not a result of sudden Biden magic. This is not a result of Operation P-Pads and Knee Pads, my nickname for the 
Biden-Harris administration, in case you haven't heard me say that before. There's nothing, literally nothing that they have done that has had an effect on this. This partially would have a lot to do with the fact that they've changed the criteria for how you count COVID deaths. Suddenly, it's important to be more accurate in the reporting. Hey, you know, it's no longer accepted uh, policy to have somebody come in dying of uh, multiple gunshot wounds and because they test positive, blame the death on COVID. It's no longer acceptable to have somebody be in a motorcycle crash and uh, put it down as a COVID death. Those things are just not allowed anymore. So suddenly, the counts are dropping. Oh, but it's it's too soon. It's don't don't become complacent because we've got to keep wearing the two now three now ten masks at least until this time next year. Joe Biden in front of a camera says, "Well, I, I've been advised not to answer this question, but I, I'm really hopeful that by this time next year, uh, hopefully sooner, but by this time next year, we'll pretty much be back to normal." Really, Joe? How about right now? How about this very instant? How about this moment? We just get back to business as usual with maybe the exception of those people that are most at risk, and we treat them like we should have from the beginning, and we try protecting them, but we treat everybody else like it's the same risk factor that it actually has statistically proven itself to be. How about that? But it wasn't wouldn't that be reasonable? Well no, Tim, because you were saying that from the beginning. That sounds like something Donald Trump would say. Well no, Donald Trump would say something like, uh, let's let's see what we can do with magic lights and bleach, right? That's what the left thought he was saying. Now he did talk about bleach, but it was never in the context that the left played it out to be, so we can have a little fun with it now, but guess what? Donald Trump's not going away. Donald Trump will be back. He'll have time to to clarify and specify and rectify and Trumpify America. Andrew Cuomo was facing the situation, though. If it wasn't for all of his failures then, they probably wouldn't be coming after him now. Probably. Except I'm not sure I believe that. I mean they might have been willing to just hold off and wait till the next election cycle, maybe. But he does do a lot of bullying. This uh, sexual harassment issue that's popped up recently, clearly this is not… Something new. It seems like that's always the case, isn't it? And, and I'm going to do something for Andrew Cuomo that he would never do for me, and that's going to make the statement plain and simple. Before anybody rushes to judgment on any of those cases, he's entitled to due process because he is. He's an American citizen. He may not be a very good one, but he's an American citizen. He's a bad citizen. He's an even worse governor, but at least he's not not Fredo, younger brother who thinks he's a superstar on television, but really he's just a failed personal trainer. 
not Fredo. How did Fredo become the equivalent of the N-word to the Italian poppy? Is there an actual Italian descent individual or actual Italian individual uh, out there that thinks calling them Fredo is the same as using the N-word? I mean, it's insulting if you get the reference to the Godfather, but – and it was meant to be an insult when it was directed at Chris. But Chris, not Fredo Cuomo, <laughs> clearly is not the brightest. But Andrew may actually be worse. I mean there is legitimately uh, the equivalent of this running gun battle between the two Cuomo brothers as to which one's actually the dumbest, and I'm not sure who's going to win. But I do believe both of them are also very – very accustomed to getting their way, and they don't hesitate to make threats, physical threats, physicality. I believe I believe Governor Cuomo is the kind of guy who would do the things, violating the personal space that some of these women claim he's done. But being that type of person and actually having done it and crossed a line is still a different scenario. That has to be proven first. We need to wait till the facts come out. That is not a legitimate grounds to remove him from power. But like I said earlier, rather than wait for that, shouldn't we actually be looking into the federal charges that should be coming after the admission by members of the Cuomo administration that they lied about the numbers of the deaths as a result of a potential Department of Justice investigation. They admitted that they falsified legitimate documentation of deaths of New Yorkers to avoid potential criminal investigation. That meets not just the definition of corruption but also the definition of obstruction of justice. But again, if they go after Cuomo about that, then they have to admit that maybe Trump was doing a few things right, and that ultimately is what they can't abide. So it is in the age of digital book burning, ladies and gentlemen. That's got to be it for tonight. Uh, thank you so very much for being here. As always, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, especially those of you that made it all the way to the end. A uh, special shout-out to Ron Edwards for joining me as a guest tonight, and extra special shout-out to Ann Ubellis, who popped into the chat room early and stayed with me for most of the two hours. Thank you so much. Uh, a reminder, check out uh, Southern hyphen sense.com and in the meanwhile you guys out there you know don't take my word for not one little bit of it just don't don't do it be prepared to put in some effort most importantly to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth and meanwhile stay safe stay healthy and uh, be smart out there even if it goes against your nature uh, i'm out for now see you friday
Using both hands. 